the one I'm going to introduce to you now to bring the word. She is not a stranger to Voice of Praise. Uh, in fact, this is her home church. It always will be her home church. Uh, she, li- she lives, uh, or has lived, uh, she's temporarily living, temporarily living right back here in Blue. She took off and went to Oklahoma City. There she is, uh, she is part of the Awakening Team, which is a young adult student ministries team that operates through the, our, uh, our organization, the Pentecostal Holiness Church. And she, uh, she may tell you a little bit about what she does with Awakening, but we are so glad that she's been with us through these weeks of pandemic, and she's come along and helped us in so many ways. But this morning, she's going to preach for us. She has applied for her uh, licensing through the Pentecostal Holiness Church, the Appalachian Conference. She received that credentialing. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. She is pursuing ordination, which we anticipate is going to be completed later on this summer. So we're just so proud of Whitney Browning. Jesus answered her, If you knew 
gift of God. And who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Then we're going to skip down, and we're going to skip past this portion where they have this back and forth dialogue. She keeps talking about things in the physical. He keeps talking about things in the spiritual. He says, I am living water. And then he says, I want you to drink this living water. It's what I have for you. And then he begins to outline this purity of worship in spirit and in truth. And then further down, verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus went ahead and let the cat out of the bag and he said, I who speak to you am he. Then the disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with the woman, but one said, What do you seek? But no one said, What do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and they were coming to him. So the Samaritans were coming to Jesus. I want to give you a recap of this passage of scripture today because it's been on my heart all week long and I'm so excited to share with you that he is the one who comes to the one. He's the one who comes to the one. He had everything that she needed. He's the one. He said, I who speak to you am he. I who speak to you am this Messiah that you've been waiting for even though she's a Samaritan woman. They still knew of the law of Moses. They still had these dealings with what was happening in Jewish culture because they were right there living alongside them even though they hated each other. But still yet she knew that there's an expected Messiah coming. And then she wasn't afraid to miss him when he was there. See, there's a silence that had fallen over from the time of the prophet to the time of Jesus' birth. Then Jesus came and he begins revealing himself to people time and time again. And what I love about this passage is that she comes to this well to get water at a time of day that isn't normal. She's a woman alone at the well. This Jewish man begins to speak to her, which is just so crazy because they hate each other. And also, it's a woman and a man at this well at midday. But yet Jesus comes and flips everything upside down and he comes and he approaches her and he speaks to her and I can't help but believe that she did not expect it to happen but still yet when he said I who speak to you am he after she had already said we know the Messiah is coming she immediately drops her water pot and goes and tells everyone else of the person that she had found and I can't help but think that there's this silence sometimes that comes and sifts through our life And what if Jesus came and met us at an unexpected place? Would we miss him? Or would we drop our water pot and be so on fire for him that we would go tell everyone else what we had just witnessed? Because this man came and told her things that only he could know. He wasn't condemning her. See, sometimes I think that we get get this idea a little messed up in our minds and we think, Oh, no, 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 my life is fine. You know, my life is fine. Condemnate. The Lord doesn't condemn me, but he convicts. And he'll convict us every time. And he comes and he convicts this woman and reveals himself to her in a way that she's never had before. She's never been face-to-face with the Messiah before. 
She's never been face to face with the Messiah before. And here she is, face to face with the man at this unexpected time that shifts everything upside down and changes everything for her. She was a Samaritan who knew that she was looking for someone. This passage of scripture tells us that she's asking, well, are we supposed to worship here or are we supposed to worship here? And he tells us a time is coming when you won't worship there or there, but you'll worship in spirit and in truth. And as he begins to just flip everything upside down, she puts it all together. See, because she knew that she was looking for someone, but she didn't know who it was. She knew she was supposed to worship someone, but she didn't know what or who it was. But then in this moment of face-to-face encounter with the Lord, it's all revealed to her. The one. The one who is the shepherd. The one who is the door. The one who is the Messiah. The one who has come reveals himself to her. But as I was thinking about this this morning, I was also taken back to another passage of scripture because I truly 100% believe that when the Lord needs to come and shake up your life or when you need the Lord to come and shake up your life, he'll do it. But I also believe that we're supposed to be vessels to go take him out. See, she was a vessel. She then dropped everything, her physical needs, she dropped everything behind and she went and told people. And I want to tell you this story if I can. If you've heard me talk about missions, which most of you have, so you've probably heard me talk about this story before. But it's one of my favorite stories. So, imagine a girl named Whitney, that's me, in 2017, with a long blue missionary skirt with my little chacos tied around my feet, sifting through the mud with this guy in Guatemala named Oscar. Now, we had met Oscar earlier in the day. The funny thing about Oscar is that we had been going door-to-door in Guatemala, and we had been evangelizing. So we had been going into people's houses, not really knocking on their door, but rather yelling, Hola, as we walked by their fence and just going into whoever's yard they would let us into. And so we come to Oscar, and he's sitting down, and he's whittling something. And it's then that we realize that Oscar is way different than any other person that we've encountered since we've been in Guatemala in the fact that Oscar didn't have any legs. So we begin ministering to Oscar, we begin praying for him, and he just breaks in front of us, and he just starts crying and crying, and we say, Oscar, you know what, we're having a church service tonight at the church up the hill, and we want you to come. And he looks at us and he says, I want to, of course this was in Spanish, so which I didn't understand the words he said, except for our trusty translator over the side of us. But he said, I want to, I want to come to church, I want to be there, I believe the Lord will do something in my life, but I can't get there unless someone takes me. So we tell Oscar, okay, Oscar, you know what, we're going to be back later today, and we're going to come get you, and we're going to take you to church with us. And he's like, okay, sounds good. So in the time that it takes for us to go back, eat dinner, get dressed, put on my long missionary skirt with my little chacos tied around my ankles, then it starts pouring down the rain, pouring down the rain. I mean, a torrential, how do you say that word? Torrential? Torrential downpour. It was a torrential downpour. And it's this muddy road with these rocks all piled up in it. 
And so we show up at this house. I'm like hopping over mud puddles and trying to do my best not to get my feet covered in mud. We end up tying our skirts around our knees so that we can sit a little bit better. And we get to his house and we knock on his door and he's not ready to go. He wasn't ready to go because he didn't believe that we were actually coming to get him. And so then he gets ready and we get him in his wheelchair and we start to go up this hill and mind you again, it's really muddy and it's really rocky and so all of us girls end up kind of just standing back and watching as the one guy in the group kind of just leans him back on the back bigger wheels and just pushes him full force up the hill. I was worried for the guy. He was just bouncing up and down in that little wheelchair. But at that moment, Pastora Gladys, the one who was with us, the one who was translating and they were serving with, she looked at me and she said, Whitney, this reminds me of that story in the Bible. You know the one where the four friends take their paralytic friend to the feet of Jesus and they take off the roof covering and they lower him down so that he can be right there. And so as I was thinking about the woman at the well, I was thinking, you know what, Jesus just doesn't show up to the people that know that they need him to show up. But sometimes we're called to be the ones to get other people to the feet of Jesus when they can't. And I believe that that's what the Samaritan woman then went and did. Because we don't know the journey that she had to go on in order to go tell all the Samaritans. But we do know that they believed her account, they believed her word, and they also joined in and came. He's the one that ministers to the one. And I believe wholeheartedly that we also are supposed to take people to the one. Be the one to take someone to the one. Because listen, he sets all things right. He brings healing. And he does it whether you're the one who brought the person or whether you're the person who needs brought or whether you're the person who is just not expecting him to show up and suddenly he just does. He just does. And don't keep it to yourself. This is the thing that I love so much about this Samaritan woman is she doesn't keep it to herself. And she doesn't decide who's worthy of this knowledge of salvation. She doesn't decide, oh, you know what, I'm going to go tell all my close friends. I'm going to go tell all my relatives. No, this woman was likely an outcast. It likely took everything within her to then go back to this place and tell all these people who had likely looked down on her, hey, you guys, I met this guy who knows, he knows everything about me. He said things that no one knows. And then they come. And she doesn't make the decision on her own who's found worthy of the knowledge of salvation, but rather Jesus comes unexpectedly to the well. He didn't have to pass through Samaria. He didn't have to, but he chose because she was the one And then he, in that decision, I believe, knew that she was going to take the word to all these other people. And he was the one who made the decision. He made the decision on the cross. He made the decision in the Garden of Eden that every single person on this earth, whether it was back then or today or in the future, every single person on this earth is worthy of the knowledge of salvation, is worthy of the name of Jesus and hearing him proclaimed everywhere. Everywhere. Because listen, when he gets a hold of your heart, 
You can't keep it to yourself. You have to share it. So my prayer today is that he gets a hold of your heart. That he gets a hold of your heart. See, Jesus came for just what she needed. He was the living water. He was the salvation. He was for her redemption. He was for her just what she needed, just in the time that she needed it. And when he offered up this living water, she drank. And I was reading about it, and I found this interesting, interesting encounter, if you will, this interesting reading about the need to drink. See, when you're thirsty, you need to drink. And I think the trick is here that this woman, though the scripture says that he is the living water and that she doesn't need to return to this well and drink, I believe it's super important for us to remember and super important for us to know that when we get empty, because sometimes it happens, you have to return not to the physical well, not to the things in your life that you think can fill you up, not to the things that you think can distract you from what you actually need, but go back to the one who offered the living water in the first place and re-drink. Take another drink of the living water. Don't just have a one-time dip in the well and then leave. Repeatedly go back to the well say, Jesus, I need you. It's humility. We have to act in humility. Return to the living water. Because I believe he's healing. And he's sending out revival. And that we can be partakers of that healing. And we can be partakers of that revival. See, so yet, with all these components happening in the scripture, we see Jesus coming. And like I said, being all that she needs. He's a living water from what she's looking for in this deep, deep well. And today I want to ask you, what do you need from him? And today I want to challenge you, when you do need something from him, don't just call out the thing that you need from him, but call him who you need him to be. Don't just say, God, I need provision. But say, God, you are the provider. Don't just say, God, I need healing. God's You are the healer. I don't just need comfort. I need the comforter. We need everything he is because he's everything we need. Every single time. Even in the unexpected times. Even in the times that we take someone else and lower them down to his feet. Or whether we have to come crawling to his feet because we just can't do it anymore. And see, don't understand, don't misunderstand the fact that she came to the well for water, guys. She still needed physical water. And she had the ability to get that physical water. But she also needed something else. And I believe that the Lord wants to provide for your physical needs and your spiritual needs. It's not just one or the other. It's both. Because he cares about every part of us. Scripture tells us that Jesus came and he came fulfilling what was spoken in the prophet Isaiah. 
the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable year of our Lord. He came to do all those things, not just one of them, but all of those things. To her, he was just what she needed. To you, he's just what you need today. Every day. But we have to be willing to go to him. We have to be willing to listen to his voice and not say, oh, okay, God, you're calling me out on stuff. Yeah, you're right. She says, you're right, I've had five husbands. You're right, I've done this. But she doesn't turn it into a thing where she blocks herself from but rather she views it as an opportunity for him to see into her even deeper. So, Lord, search our hearts. Know our hearts, God. So that you can freely do whatever you want to do when you want to do it. I firmly believe that she didn't know that her life was going to be changed that day. She knew she was going to get something. She knew she was going to love get water. She didn't know she was going to love get living water. Right. So you may have come to church today thinking, I'm going to get to see my church family. I'm going to get to worship with my church family. I'm going to get to hear the word. But what else do you need? What else do you need today? Because we didn't come here just to gather, to worship a little bit, to hear the word that we're going to forget, and go back and distract ourselves from our needs, go back and distract ourselves from what God actually wants to do in our lives, but rather let's let him search deep inside of our hearts, tell us things that only he can know about us, and to offer us the living water that only he can provide. So this morning, I just want you guys to pray with me. And if you need healing, I want you to ask for healing. If you need mental healing, physical healing, whatever kind of healing you need. If you need strength, if you need peace, if you need comfort. If you need salvation this morning. He's come to bring you salvation. He's come to bring you peace. He's come to bring you comfort. So call on his name. You don't have to leave this morning with anything but living water. And then you can take it to everyone else in this world who needs it.
deal with us personally. He can be here and you can miss him. Don't miss him. So, Father, we come to you this morning with our needs, God. We say, have your way. Have your way in this parking lot. Have your way in this nation. Have your way in every nation on earth. God, bring healing. Bring deliverance. Bring restoration. Bring salvation. You are everything we need. Just like Peter, we look at you and we say, what else do we need if we don't have you? provider, call for the provider. If you need salvation, call on the Savior. Sing with us this morning. One last time. And then I encourage you, don't go away. Don't go away and not think about the things that, not, not what I have said, but think about the things that the Lord has spoken into your spirit this morning. During this song, ask the Lord what He wants to speak to you. Let Him offer you living waters. Let Him offer you whatever it is that you need.